that today's message encouraged you to follow Christ in His Word. For more information about Kaya, for service times and information about our disciple-making ministry, please visit our website at caya.live. Good morning. Good morning. It's good to see everybody. Uh, I want to first of all uh, welcome you to Kaya. If that hasn't already happened, I missed the announcements. So I don't know. I, I assume that there was a bit of a welcoming there. But uh, welcome to Kaya. It's the College and Young Adult Ministry of Midtown Baptist Temple. And we gather like this every Sunday. But uh, if, if you need, if you know right now, I'm just going to say it, if you know you need midweek accountability, if you need friends who are believers, uh, we, have, uh, we have 23, I think that's the precise number, of Bible studies that meet throughout the week. And if, if you know you need to, to find a group of believers to hang out with and study the Word with, uh, man, please join us in one of our Bible studies. You can find the list on the Kaya.live website. Um, I want to thank Uriah for preaching last week. Thanks, man. That was good. Uh, it was a, a great reminder, and um, I appreciate it. And with that said, Uriah, as well as a, a team of people, will be preaching at the spring retreat. And so you don't, you don't want to miss that. So if you have not signed up for the spring retreat, it's getting to be crunch time. And so you, you, you can't put it off much longer. You need to make sure that you sign up, uh, get online, and do that. We're going to be in Acts chapter 14 again. Okay? Took a week off. Started talking last time we were together about establishing a pattern for ministry. A pattern for ministry. Uh, and this word pattern in Scripture is actually used uh, in a more traditional form than we think about. We think about patterns, we think about it in terms of the, the replication process itself. So like we look at Tyler's shirt, he's got a pattern on his shirt. What are those? Are those flamingos? Excellent. Excellent. That's absolutely amazing. Okay, and that just means, uh, it means multiples, right? Uh, something that repeats itself over and over again is a pattern. But, but scripturally, a pattern is also the thing that creates the, the multiplication. In other, other words, it is the mold in which the pattern is cast. And so when we're talking about pattern, we're talking not just about the pattern that we're creating in terms of multiplication, but we're also talking about whether or not we are a fit mold ourselves, our lives, to be replicated. Does that make sense? And so patterns are very, very important. Patterns are uh, important in our lives. They're important in Scripture. Now, when we're talking about establishing a pattern, we have to first acknowledge the fact that ministry is not actually ministry unless it's also evangelical. Okay, we like to talk about ministry. Ministry, you know when you use a word for a couple thousand years, it tends to lose its potency, right? And so when we talk about ministry, that could mean anything to anyone at any church coming out of the mouth of any Christian at any time, right? Uh, but when we're talking about ministry, evangelicalism sits at the heartbeat of that. And evangelicalism is essentially the act of preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, telling people about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and how they can find hope in Him. That's what that means. And we believe that the heart of any good pattern, there has to be evangelism. Now, I recognize that the act of evangelism 
is actually pretty radical. Now, we, we throw the word evangelical around. It doesn't really mean anything. In fact, we talked about this at the Art Institute Bible study this week. The word evangelical is just, it's, it's, it too has lost its potency. A lot of times we associate evangelical with how you vote, which is a dastardly shame to the word. Does that make sense? <clears throat> the act of evangelism is way more radical than how you cast a vote every four years. Evangelism and preaching the gospel is very, very radical. And it doesn't really have space within our social norms today. And the first assumption of most Christians is that to act evangelically, to preach the gospel to every person that you meet, is abnormal behavior. That's how most Christians... Okay, I'll get these out. Most Christians... Okay, I did... This is like soft, very soft... Christians, okay, would see that as abnormal behavior, and it would be, in their mind, reminiscent of archaic forms of Christianity, antiquated perspectives of what it means to be a follower of Jesus, and that is, again, that is a, that is a, uh, that is harmful, it's a harmful violation to the early church. Christian culture has relegated the work of verbally sharing the gospel with the lost as a daily activity of something that Christians used to do. It's kind of backwards now. We don't really think that way. That's, that's backwards. That's what Christians used to do. An example for you is this. I, this is several years ago, but it just stands out in my mind. It's maybe the first time that I realized uh, that cr- not all Christians believe the Bible, I guess. I don't know. But, but I, was, I was probably, I don't know, in my mid-20s, and I was hanging out at uh, Oddly Correct. It was when it first opened up. And I was introduced to someone who uh, was the outreach director for a local church here in, in Kansas City. And that, that, was the, that was her title. Was she was the outreach director. And we were having a conversation. She was telling me about, about the different outreach things that that, that church, that which will go unnamed, I know you're like, in your mind, you're like, oh, oh, oh. But but what they were telling me is she was telling me all the ways that they do outreach to the community. And uh, and I was listening intently because it sounded awesome, right? And and she was telling me about uh, about um, how they do, they do, they have this program where they invite uh, the poor from our community here in Westport to come and get uh, gifts pre-wrapped gifts that they would be able to come and get and, and take home to their children. I thought, what an amazing idea for, for impoverished mothers and fathers to be able to go and get gifts for their kids free of charge, and then they can have a Christmas. That's amazing. She, she uh, also told me about um, uh, some, uh, just some other things that they do, and, and I was listening intently, and she began telling me about an outreach that they did to uh, y- young people, middle school-age kids, uh, who want to play football, and they had several Chiefs players that went to their church, and they would put on a football camp in the summers, and they invite, they'd invite middle school kids to come, and they would have these Chiefs football players do this clinic and teach them how to do certain things and be learning about football. And I was like, that's an amazing platform for the gospel. I can't believe that's such a cool thing. And she stopped me right there, and she said, well, actually, we don't really do that. That was what she said. It's that that took me by... I guess I shouldn't have been surprised, but I was surprised that someone would go to all that work 
of, of loving people but have so little care and concern for their soul to not preach the gospel. And concerning the, the football camp, she said, the kids know we're a church. We don't make a point to push the gospel on them. The goal is to invest in them, she used this phrase, with no strings attached. And this is the mentality of the modern American church. So refined in their social practice that the lifeline of the gospel is but a thin obligation that's attached to some more worthy ulterior motives that they have. What they are, I don't quite understand. I guess larger congregations. I guess a blurb on their website about all the good things that they do. And I don't want to speak unkindly. I mean, I was obviously impressed with their outreach, and I'm all for that. But if the gospel is relegated to a string that's attached to something else, I take great objection to that. And that's offensive to me. The church has replaced the vitality of the gospel message with social gospels, experiential gospels, and seeker-friendly messages that fail to make inroads to salvation itself. And this is what Paul had to say about it in Galatians. Galatians chapter 5 says, Christ has become of no effect unto you. Whosoever of you are justified by the law, ye are fallen from grace. For we through the Spirit wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. For in Jesus